Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the debrief brought to you in partnership between British Rowing and Junior Rowing News. My name is Fergus Mainland, host of the End of the Island podcast, and this morning I'm delighted to be joined by an esteemed panel for what is a golden morning for the GB Power Rowing team. I'm joined by Tom Agar and Naomi Ritchie's two Paralympic champions, Anna-Marie Phelps, the Olympian, the Vice Chair of the British Olympic Association and the former Chair of British Rowing and the British Para Association, and Martin Goff, rowing journalist and veteran of the debrief. And we're going to run through all the action, all the A-finals we've had out in Tokyo. And we'll start with the, with the races that had GB crews in them. We had two gold medals and a fifth place performance to dissect. And Martin, if we start with that fifth place performance first for Ben Pritchard in the PR1 men's single, the Welsh Dragon is be as he has been branded. A really tough uh, race for, for Ben coming in fifth place, not the race he wanted, but he's had a really successful uh, Paralympic campaign so far. Yeah, it was it was great to hear him say that um, he will look to be back in, in Paris in three years' time with with lessons from this regatta. And he's, he's, it's really been a learning process, this regatta. It's important to think. Um, he, he didn't make his international debut until 2019 and he's really moved on as, as this regatta has gone on. His, his repechage yesterday was, uh, was, was uh, probably his best race. Um, he said this morning that um, with his disability, he struggles to get, to get lever in the headwind. And I think that was why he got dropped off the start. Through the middle of the race, he was of similar speed to that, that sort of podium pack. And then, um, and then his, his, his sprint really closed the gap at the end, but he, uh, Run out of track. Maybe if it if it had been a three k race, he would have uh, he would have, would have got in there. But all all really useful uh, learning experience for him. And Tom, I think despite coming fifth in the e final, he still set the Paralympic best time in his in his repechage yesterday. So it's uh, a hugely promising result for for Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I know I know Ben will be disappointed in, in some ways, but he's got so much to be proud of. I think the the season that he's had, if you look at his his He's involved in the, uh, the Europeans and Varese. You know, he was behind Polianski, but, but he was pretty much the same sort of cruising speed during the middle of the race. And uh, as Martin said, you know, today, he, you know, he did look like he got dropped off the start there a little bit, but just been able to kind of claw his way back through the field slightly and hang on to those those top guys. He's not far off the podium. Um, and with a bit of work and his eyes set on, on Paris, I know he'll be, he'll be throwing everything into making sure he gets back um, up to that sort of podium position for, 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 for Paris. I, I think it's really, um, it's really interesting to see how our three crews have, you know, th their different experience, how it's led to the sort of consistency or not consistency in terms of the way they're racing. And I think for Ben, with so little experience actually in real life racing relatively to the other two crews, um, it, it, he's still experimenting. So every race for him in, it is, some, is a learning. And I think going through the repechage is actually the right thing for, for him at the stage that he's at probably. He needs those extra races with that pressure. There's no way that you can fast track that experience in a training environment. So you really do have to have that sort of that behind you. And you see that with people like Scarston and things coming through um, in the women's single as well, you know, that, that you know, he's got that now and, and hopefully that will really be another sort of um, tool for him as he heads into the next three years up to Paris. Absolutely echo what um, Anna-Marie said and what, what all, all of you said, but, you know, it's his third international competition 
and it's the Paralympic Games, it's that's enormous. Um, and what he will learn from experience, but his work ethic is phenomenal, um, as with the rest of the crews and the support they show each other. I think that's something that's come through loud and clear in everything that they've said is the support they have within you know, the 13 people that were there in Tokyo, um, from, from manager right the way through all the crews um, and, and the coaches and physios. So I think that the support network's there. He's got an awful lot to build on. He's got so much potential and it's really exciting. Whatever's going to happen in three years time is going to be very exciting. I think, Tom, it's worth noting as well, Roman Polianski, the, the gold medalist, he's now the, the defending champion. He's, he's retained his title, but I think it's also worth a word for Eric Horry from Australia, the first man to, uh, to ever win three power rowing medals, another phenomenal achievement in this field. Yes, absolutely incredible for, for Eric. You know, a few doubts that he might have looked a little bit off the pace coming into this regatta, but he showed, you know, um, he's well within the pack there and managed to sort of really show his experience um, and, and, and pedigree in this event and pull through to clinch that silver. Um, again, obviously silver, silver in London, silver in Rio, and uh, Silver this time around, I'm sure he's, you know, got his eyes set on the gold. But um, I think as a as a sort of a, a set of medals um, and to be that consistent across that many events, it's, you know, it's an incredible achievement to him. And he should be, you know, really, really proud. Well, I think as, as Catherine Granger will, will tell him, winning three medals doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to win the gold. I think uh, for him, that's maybe a sign that there is some something golden to come in, uh, in Paris in three years time. But I think, Martin, if we, if we turn our attention now to the, to the women's PI1 single skull, we obviously we haven't had a GB entry in it. So we've got a new change in the guard. Rachel Morris won back in 2016. But this year it was Bridget Skarsten from, uh, from Norway who took the gold medal and is now the Olympic champion. Yeah, I was expecting a far, far closer um, race than, than, uh, than we saw. The, uh, the Israeli skiller was fastest in the heats. I know there was there was a bit of an issue with her with her chair, and she was relegated from the heats and went through through the repechage. But um, I expected a, a, a really sort of a, a real battle for that. But uh, Scarston was, I mean, so so long in the boat and just just you know you sort of turned around off the start and she she got a length or so straight off the start and just uh, just pressed it from there. Um, so that's her fourth world title. Um, she was fourth in 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 Rio, so uh, yeah, it's it, it's similar story to Emma Twig really in the uh, in the in the Olympic uh, single. Somebody who's who's been there and won it, but never uh, not not won it at the Olympic Paralympic stage. So great that she uh, great that she could tick it off. Uh, if you haven't seen the um, the footage of her on on YouTube in the uh, in the Norwegian version of Strictly Come Dancing, that's that's really worth a watch as well. That's 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 quite something. She, yes, she is a one. complete superstar for Paralympic rowing, I think. Um, I, I watched her in Pyeongchang at the Winter Olympics competing in the cross country, and she's an incredible athlete, and her endurance is amazing. So, um, you know, I think, I think she's made for this, and, and we, we keep, I keep forgetting at least, this is the first time that we've raced at 2,000 metres at the Paralympic Games. So we're seeing really different races compared to Rachel in Rio, where she was able to use that incredible turn of speed she had in the last 250 metres at these games with this 2,000 metres, especially in the small boats. So it's a really different sort of tactical race, I think. And just getting out and slowly edging ahead is, is really important. And, and Skarstein can do that with her fitness and her endurance. I remember Naomi, when we were previewing 
the, the Paralympic Games with Tom, I asked him whether or not he would have favoured the, the 1,000 or the 2,000 metres. And I ask you the same question now. Do you think mm -hmm. racing 2,000 metres um, back when you when you won the Olympic gold would have altered the, the training or would have altered your race plan at all leading into the competition? I think it would have altered a lot of things. It's a very, very different um very, very different beast than 1,000 versus the 2,000. And the idea of racing over 2K when having come into rowing in 2004 and only training on a, a 1K programme, the occasional 2K test thrown in for just to see where you are, um, I think it would have been incredibly different. Um, but at the same time, I think the, the, the theme that runs through um, in terms of the work ethic and the, the program and the way it works and the way it's structured. I think that's always remained the same, but there might have been a tweak on the, the actual um, length of sessions and, and the, the volume that you, were, you, that you were doing. But I definitely, I liked the 1K. Being in club rowing now, I quite enjoy the 2K. Don't, don't tell my coach I just said that, actually. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it would have been very, very different. Can I ask Tom what what the the difference for, for these for these uh, single scholars? There's obviously been a, a change in the in the rules on on the the strapping and the amount that they use their trunk, and that was that was most obvious for for Scarstein, who's really got a, a long stroke using a lot of her upper body. How much of a difference do you think that makes to it? Yeah, definitely. The event sort of visually looks looks quite different now to to, to Rio. I think um, the FISA made a you know a ruling in 2017 where they changed the the strapping regulations. I think they kept the classification broadly the same, but changed the strapping regulations. So you'll see the athletes with a sort of a trunk strap, which is now they can pretty much put where they like, um, which means the athletes that have got that sort of slightly maybe superior trunk function um, with the right sort of setup and seating, they can really uh, maximise that sort of trunk function they've got and really use that to really lever the boat through the water. And you can see Scarstein, incredible athlete, um, and she's able to really put that to good use. And, and she's got, you know, such huge distance per stroke. Um, combined with their fitness and you know natural levers he's very tall very strong um, but yeah you, you see that across um, quite a few of the athletes now they've got you know very different setups um, and it, you know for an event it looks visually quite different where they're really looking in some ways quite close to PO2 in terms of their function um, for some of the athletes and, and as a result we're seeing you know quicker times that, that have really tumbled since sort of Rio and, 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 and beyond so um, I think, you know, those athletes that are looking to try and make big jumps, that's where they're, they're going to be able to, to, to make those jumps. Um, and you'll see um, Samuel uh, Moran, you know, obviously trying to do that this year, coming in with a, a slightly innovative seat design where she's trying to really maximise, you know, whatever trunk function she's got in line with the, the event and the way it's moving. It's quite a difficult one, isn't it, Tom? Because um, it does mean that those athletes with a bit more, you know, movement or a bit more sort of ability in their trunk uh, are advantaged whereas previously it, it sort of brought everybody to a level and it meant that people with a more severe disability almost could um could compete sort of you know in a competitive way and and this has opened it out so it's meant that there are probably you know a, a broader range of of people that can be competitive in in that but but it equally then disadvantages some of the most those with the most severe impairment which is you know it, it, it it's a real balancing act at Paralympic Games to have that range of of impairment types. Yes there's a real balancing act and I think everyone forgets there are, there are only three categories in rowing and the PR1 category you know just from personal experience and, and being living 
in the event for for so long you know i've seen so many athletes that have, you know have quite a range of disabilities and some you know inevitably towards the top of the event are, are the most sort of able um in, in in some instances but you know it's it's, it's such a difficult act um and difficult thing to do to try and get everyone in the same same category and have the same setup because ultimately everyone's trying to use every advantage they can to, to to go as quick as they can um and you know um and yeah rio they had quite stringent strapping i remember from from london i think you know one of the biggest fears i had in london they changed they were very very hot on strapping and, and were disqualifying some athletes in some some races leading up to london so we're actually getting disqualified during the race and that was one of my biggest biggest fears in, in london 2012 was being disqualified for you know the, the strapping having moved during the race uh, inevitably as you're putting a lot of pressure through those straps and you know the way that fees have moved they've, they've done away with that and uh, it might be something that they need to review you know um, in, in line with making it you know more inclusive um but yeah we're, we're really seeing a, a real spread of, of the, the event across some of the athletes and you know and it's you look at those athletes in the b finals actually got up to watch the b finals um and it you know it's it's a huge respect to all, all the athletes that have managed to qualify um and um you know you look at some of those athletes in the b finals as well and yes slower but nevertheless you know incredible athletes um as well and you know it's a huge respect for them for their their, their journeys so Naomi, just before we move on to the the gold medal performances, I think it's it is worth noting that we haven't had uh, an end, a, a British entry in this PR one women's single skull, despite having the Olympic champion in twenty sixteen. So what mm. more do you think can be done to ensure that we've got the correct pathways in place, the correct talent IDs to ensure that we we can have as much representation as possible across the, the Olympic, the, sorry, the Paralympic boat categories. Well, you know, the, the, the pathway into rowing and, and para rowing and adaptive rowing is really has, has gone, stepped on sort of leaps and bounds in the last few years. Um, I know you had Bruce Lynn on um, the other day, um, who was talking about his, his work in, at Marlow Rowing Club. And we know that there is a woman out there who is going to be Paralympic champion, maybe Paris, maybe beyond. Um, we've just got to find her. Um, so, you know, it's just a, a call out to anybody who, fancies getting in a boat giving it a go um you know somebody who who likes to work hard who likes to perform who likes a bit of pressure you know um just just make sure you make the phone calls and, and find out where you can at least give it a go we're just recruiting really um to, to get that that seat filled because we, we definitely want to be able to continue um what we what we started and being so strong across all categories for for so long um, we definitely, definitely want to to keep that, and it would be great in Paris to have all four boat classes with a, a British athlete in it. Um, but the, the pathway is there; it's just a question of people keeping their eyes and ears open um, and seeing who might fit the bill. Um, somebody with a long reach, with a good work ethic, and yeah, who wants to be on that stage? Absolutely. So, Anna Marie, if we turn our attention now to the first of two gold medals, the in the the PR2 mixed double skulls for Lauren Rolls and, and the birthday boy, Lawrence Whitley. What a, what a great way, first of all, for Lawrence to, to celebrate his birthday with an Olympic gold medal, but an outstanding performance from the two of them defending their, their, Olympic, their Olympic crown they won in Rio. It was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, I was a little bit um, taken aback when they were, they were so far back off the start. First of all, you're always nervous and always thinking, oh, don't lose contact. Um, but but they are they're so professional about it. They're so experienced and they're so cool and calm in that situation. And they just 
did what they do best. They rode beautifully, really nice and long, great rhythm. And just slowly by the 500 meter mark or so, were just, you know, beginning to cruise through. So I thought they did, they did brilliantly. I remember Lauren at Rio when she was really new and fresh and excited to this. And it's fantastic to see her maturing both physically and and tactically in the boat as well and it, it was a it was a perfect it was a perfect race you know they didn't let anyone phase them they rode really well I think compared to look at the way the Chinese were rowing you know they, they rode beautifully nice and strong great catches together and, and just cruised through. I think one of the things that was really important that Lauren said after and, and Lawrence said after the um the race was that the trust the trust in what they've done, the trust in their training and the trust in each other. And they both, you know, had um, setbacks and, and, and problems over the last couple of years and they've always been there. They've got each other's back. They are there for each other all the time. Um, and yet, whilst they might sometimes irritate each other, wind each other up and not get on, um, they, they do when it counts. And I think it's that trust. And the other thing that I think Lauren said was it's patience just patience in the race and patience sitting there knowing they knowing what they can do and just making sure that they change gear at the right point um well, I think was the key to that it's just gorgeous to watch absolutely stunning race I think Martin as has been alluded to it says a huge amount about their character and their perseverance when it comes to racing to be to be a length down in any any boat class or, or any race uh, I think is always it's it's not ideal. It's not where you'd want to be. But yeah, I think has been alluded to to be able to roll through the field like that was um, was beautiful. It was outstanding rowing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost that um, you know thing, things that strong are, are forged under great pressure. And um, you know, Lauren in particular has spoken out about um, about her mental health issues and took took a couple of years away from from top level competition. And I think that it's um, it's it's the fact that. Um, the fact that they've struggled together and, and been t been together through the, through all that, and they're also saying through the through the last six months of having to having to isolate from their families, not seeing the not seeing the families since since Christmas, um, because they, they they were so keen to to stay and stay in the the, the team bubble. Um, that's 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 brought that's made a really strong team, and as Naomi says, not just. Not just the team on the water, but uh, but the support there as well. The coach Tom Dyson uh, and all the support staff. It's uh, it's something that everybody can really really believe in, and and they knew that they would be down, and they knew that they would come through, and and that that was fine, and that's uh, that's a really good place to be in. So Tom, if we turn our attention now to the second gold medal for, for the GB Power Rowing Team, the PR3 makes Cox for now unbeaten for eleven years. They've been they've been going on for it. I don't really know where to start with this crew. It's just brilliant. It's just sublime. The the dominance that this this crew has has had. Obviously, Naomi, you've been a part of this dominance, this legacy as well. So we'll we'll hear from you just momentarily. But Tom, where where do you start? Yeah, this is not enough superlatives. I mean, we've seen you know them them really dominate from. You know, so 2010 onwards, it's been sort of a decade or so of dominance. And GB have always had a history of being very, very strong in the event, as Naomi, I'm sure, will say um, and, and pay testament to. But it's, you know, it's just incredible to see that, you know, they've had a change in, in personnel since Rio. You know, they've really built that crew around James Fox and had some newcomers come in. And they've shown they've all stepped up to the level and not only stepped up, but able to move the event on as well. And um, we've seen, you know, a real challenge coming from USA 
um, this last year. And, you know, GB just, you know, they've, they've put themselves in a position where they're just almost untouchable. Um, they know that just behind the scenes, just how hard they've worked um, with coach Nick Baker um, to put themselves in that position. It probably looks easy for, for people watching. Um, but, uh, you know, I know, you know, just how much hard work they've put in and, and just, you know, to make themselves work as a crew together as well. Um, it was just incredible to watch. So, you know, they deserve absolutely every moment of, of enjoyment and uh, celebration they, they, they get after that race. It's just incredible performance. Yeah, it's a phenomenal thing to watch. Um, you know, winning a Paralympic final with 10 seconds plus on the silver medal. It's that's outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And the the, the event has gone from from the, through so many, I suppose, iterations since since 2004, 2003, four. Um, and the, the quality, the standard um of it is is just well, it is hard to it's hard to describe, as, as Tom said. Um, but you know the commitment of the athletes and what's been put in there. What I think also what is lovely is you can see a certain style and a certain way of 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 rowing that actually comes across that that Tom Dyson and, and Nick Baker have really done with all their athletes. And there is a certain sort of I don't know. There's a certain sort of punch to the British rowing style in in the Paralympics that that sort of stands out for me. The way that they're just so patient around that back end in all the crews, but especially in the four, that patience and being really organised and just separating out their stroke and just getting on it so sharp at the front end. Just watching watching that technique is absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I'm just really proud of them all. I got a little bit tearful watching them up on that podium this morning, um, thinking of how, you know how it feels to be there, and also knowing what all of them as a squad have been through in the last eighteen months, what everyone in the world's been through in the last eighteen months, but how they've then stepped up and changed their training where they needed to, and adapted it, and and tweaked it where they needed to, and still being able to perform at that level is just phenomenal. And Anna Marie, obviously, with this four, we we have wins just racked up and racked up and racked up. How much, how much pressure, I guess, did that put on on this at the Paris squad going forward, or those heading on to Los Angeles to to continue to to produce excellence, or is it just creating a culture more of where uh, creating a culture of success, which ultimately just breeds success, which is the more important thing. Um, well, I, you know, it could do either, couldn't it? It could add pressure or it or it could give them confidence. And I think you've got to use it. It's all about how you use the information and the experience you've got and drive that in a positive way. And and I think that's one thing that Tom and Nick, the two coaches of the of the uh, British Paralympic team do in rowing is that they, they build on it in a really in a really positive way. Um, I, I think it um, it does put expectation on them. Um, the US crew would have really fancied their chances when they got off the start there. But, you know, if you look at the way the British team were rowing, the, the crew were rowing, they, they rowed the boat so beautifully um, that they they just, you know, they were able to take it through and they had that confidence. And, and Naomi talked about trust um, earlier on. So I think they've done they've done phenomenally well. And, and it, you know, it, the, the event has moved on and the athletes, I mean, we talk about dominance since, since 2010, but we've had so many athletes and I don't know how many athletes have, have rode in that crew, but so many athletes have been through that boat. It isn't about a, a British crew having dominance. It's about an enormous number of British athletes 
who've been experiencing that sort of culture and training and success over those years. It's given us a really fantastic legacy. And they've been relatively high profile because they've won gold medals. And I, I really hope this is the first year we've properly had um, para rowing broadcast at the games. And we forget sometimes came out of 2012. I mean, there were no moving pictures of the 2012 four winning their gold medal because uh, you know the, the footage wasn't kept. It was it was broadcast on the screens, but it was never televised. Um, the the Rio finals were done on a decision the night before with 24 hours to go, the decision to broadcast those live. This is the first time we've had heats and reps and, and everybody's known that they can watch this. So the impact this can have on, you know, other people who would love to come forward and love to be part of the rowing team and give it a go can be enormous um, if we're ready for it and we're ready to signpost them to the likes of of Marlowe and Guildford and other clubs where there are where there are programs and, and where there's capacity for them to people to train. Um, so I, I think I, I think that that they will revel in this gold medal. Um, they hugely deserve it. They've been a fantastic crew. They've been wonderful throughout the, the campaign. And uh, and I really hope that that this has a massive impact um, for for uh, British British para rowing, but also for adaptive rowing and, uh, you know, mixed ability rowing throughout the country. One thing Ollie said after the race today um, about the pressure of, of knowing the kind of the, the history of the boat is that he said we, we, it, it helps because we know where we need to be. You're, you're not going to sort of enter into this, this world unless you know that you have to be that good and you have to be work that hard to get to that place and I thought it was a really interesting thing so as, as Anna-Marie said the the way that Nick and, and Tom frame you know the the past success of the four is 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 really good for the, for the athletes they're looking at what they want to achieve and need to achieve and the standard they need to be at rather than looking at it as something that's unachievable and and scary you know it's fantastic yes it yeah. really is it's been a hugely a hugely successful Paralympic Games the GB power rowing team two gold medals and a, and a fifth place performance is an outstanding set of results and i know looking at twitter and seeing everyone up online following the racing in the middle of the night the whole country was incredibly proud of the results that this power rowing team has put together but that'll bring an end to this power rowing finals debrief my huge thank you to martin to naomi to tom and anna marie for joining me to run through all the action that we've had in the finals out in Tokyo. Thank you very much to everyone who has listened to us and watched these debriefs over the Paralympic Games and over the Olympic Games as well. From all of us at Junior Rowing News and British Rowing, we hope you've enjoyed the content and uh, stay tuned for the next instalment of the debrief. <laughs>